Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Welcome, welcome, welcome to this is this week's new installment of Rated LGBT Radio, and we are really thrilled that you are joining us. Um, as I told you last week, we would line up another exciting, exhilarating, thought-provoking, moving show, and I think we have one for you, um, so stay tuned. <clears throat> Today's show is centering around a brilliant young new artist, Joshua Sade James. Um, Joshua is from Canada. Uh, he is about to release a brand new single, not his first, but um, um, uh, a great one nonetheless. It is called I'll Wait For You, and it is kind of an upbeat anthem, um, very romantic, uh, and very much apropos to the world under the pandemic and the new breed of star-crossed lovers that that has created, and that is long-distance relationships that could not come together during the pandemic. Um, and we have been under this for a year now. And um, now they have the perfect love song um, to sing, dance, and uh, maybe even shed a few tears over. So we have, waiting on deck, Joshua, who's going to talk to us about that and his career. Um, and we have the song. So we will be playing that for you uh, during the show so you can, can hear that out. Um, Josh is actually very prolific. Um, he has um, several singles he's put out before, um, a song called All Fall Down, a song called Closer, Closer and um, uh, those, those and his other music have already garnered over 2 million um, streaming listens across the globe. So he is certainly up-and-comer. Um, he is a choreographer. He is an actor. He um, you know, is a songwriter, a singer, and he is the son of country artist Jamie Warren. Um, and so, um, you know, a huge legacy there. So we can't wait to talk to him about all of that. Um, I'm going to bring uh, both he and my co-host Brody on. Welcome, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, Rob. Hello, hello. And, uh, Thank Brody. you for having me, Rob. Uh, very, very pleased to have you, Josh. I can't wait to, to talk to you and um, get into your music. Uh, before we get into that, Brody, what is happening journalism-wise across the world? Well, it's been a busy news week, Rob, and good afternoon, good morning, or good day to our listeners around the globe. We sincerely appreciate you tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast uh, app on your phone. Uh, today, the United States Senate confirmed California Attorney General Javier Becerra as the 25th United States Secretary of Health and Human Services. Secretary Becerra uh, was confirmed in a Party line, 50 to 49 vote with only one Republican, Senator Susan Collins of Maine, crossing the aisle to vote in favor of his confirmation. Uh, the confirmation process uh, for now Secretary Becerra was rather 
contentious in both his confirmation hearing and in media statements as Senate Republicans attack him for his views on abortion and, of course, his support for Medicare for all. The more conservative senators labeling him as a liberal extremist without credible experience in health care policies. Becerra has said that his focus as HHS secretary will be, of course, on fighting COVID-19 and getting data about how it affects communities of color and minority communities, which includes the LGBTQI plus community, um, and that's a really good thing for that. Uh, California Governor Gavin Newsom uh, applauded uh, Becerra's appointment. Governor Newsom said, I congratulate Javier on his historic confirmation and join uh, with his family and all Californians in celebrating this milestone. So congratulations to Secretary uh, Becerra. I am talking about COVID uh, with the additional purchase by the Biden administration of another 200 million doses of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. There will be uh, a little bit more of a timeline change according to the administration where people will be able to actually get their vaccine. Probably the president has indicated by scheduling it through May 1st. Not everybody's going to be vaccinated by May 1st, but at least the scheduling will take place. However, interestingly enough, a poll was released Monday by Emerson College Polling and Next Star Broadcasting that showed that, in, at least in California, there was a significant proportion of Californians who were a little ambivalent and hesitant on the vaccine. So we're still seeing a lot of that uh, going on. We're also seeing it uh, across the United States. Uh, President Biden, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and others, of course, have been uh, making sure that they get the word out to all Americans that this is a critically important thing, uh, and we'll have to wait and see. On another note, in New York State, the Quinnipiac uh, University poll is showing that uh, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, who is under fire for alleged sexual assaults and improprieties, is got an underwater approval rating. Only 39% are approving of the governor and 48% are disapproving, which is considerably down from this point last year. Of course, part of that was fueled by the pandemic and his handling of it. Interestingly enough, though, 74% of New Yorkers are saying that they agree with the elected officials who want the New York Attorney General's investigation to be finished before deciding on if whether or not the uh, governor should uh, actually resign his office. So that's kind of a good thing. And then the last thing, which is, of course, important to the entire LGBTQI community, the Equality Act had its first hearing in the United States Senate this week. Uh, However, as the Washington boys, Chris Johnson, noted, the problem was that senators seemed to fearmonger and focus in on women and they really kind of stretched a lot of boundaries of common sense by attacking transgender females in particular. The standout from the testimony, however, was a 16-year-old uh, who got on there, and I, which all of us that were watching yesterday's hearing were just completely amazed by this young woman. Uh, she got in there, and, you know, she told the... Uh, folks at the, uh, the, in the hearing process. Hi, I'm Stella. I'm transgender. I'm here before you today representing the hundreds of thousands of kids just like me who are supported and loved by their family, friends, and communities across the country. Uh, she's 16 years old, and she's a sophomore from Tacoma, Washington. 
the uh, debate over the Equality Act, of course, is obviously whether or not it's going to survive the Senate filibuster. There are, quite frankly, not enough Republican votes at this point to get that piece of legislation passed. So there is an ongoing discussion uh, in the Capitol between Democratic leadership and, of course, the White House over whether or not they're going to be able to get it through without either significantly altering the filibuster rule or, in fact, doing away with it, which is something the White House has said they are opposed to. So uh, at this point, that's where we're at with the news, Rob. Okay. Thanks, Brody. And we'll keep watching that because it sounds like the filibuster thing is not, uh, that discussion is not over. Um, so, uh, no. This may force this may force people who are more reluctant to get rid of it um, to to uh, change their minds uh, when they see what what this and other legislation that's at stake. Um, um, it, it, this may actually have been a good one to go up front to um, give them some vision of what could happen and what uh, if they want to be effective in the next few years, uh, what they need to do. So. Anyway, we'll keep an eye on it. Very good. Thank you so much uh, for all of that. <clears throat> so um, mm-hmm. I want to shift focus um, to our guest, um, Joshua. Welcome to the show. Um, you, I'm going to be right, right up front with this. Your voice is absolutely fucking amazing. Um, I, <laughs> I just, just absolutely bar none. Um, um, I love oh, wow. your, your original stuff. It, it is fantastic, and we're going to hear a sample of that. But I have to, to also um, shout out your cover of Never Enough from uh, The Great oh, Showman. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was crying listening to you. You're, uh, you just – everything about that was just uh, so moving. And I've heard different versions of that. It just, Thank but, you. Um, yeah, you just, it was like, uh, oh, my God. Um, I've been watching, I'm a fan of the, the show The Voice. And yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm, listen, I'm, listening, I'm listening to you sing that, and all I'm hearing is <laughs> chairs turning around and, you know, celebrities standing and applauding you. I mean, it just um, was amazing. Anyway, well, that's the dream, isn't the it? show. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much. Hi, uh, for those listening, my name is Joshua Sade James, spelled like Sade, but not Sade. I also go as JSJ on Spotify everywhere else, so if you're looking for my stuff, that's where to find me. Um, Thank you again for having me. This is wonderful, and uh, yeah, in regards to Never Enough, I remember doing that at the beginning of quarantine, uh, just when a lot of the uh, kind of protocols came in effect, and it it was interesting, but it was also just kind of a beacon of hope for me to actually be able to do something a little bit more creative for once and get back in the studio. And it was very well received. It, it helped me gain a lot of things on, or views on YouTube and uh, things. Oh my gosh. Helped me gain a lot of views on YouTube to the point where I got verified as an artist channel. So it made me feel very successful in the year of 2020 when everything was kind of gridlocked and not so fun. <laughs> now, what is your, what is yeah. your first love? Because um, you, you're a singer songwriter, um, but you, even watching your videos, um, performance, just seems, you seem uh, like someone who cannot be contained <laughs> by just singing a song. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So when I was younger, um, 
yeah, ages like three to five when I could really talk and I'd steal the attention. My mom likes to tell the story that I would always walk in, especially when my dad's band was rehearsing or anything like that. There was a stage anywhere where there was an audience for me to garner attention. I would walk in and I would say, ladies and gentlemen, a Josh, a woman. And so <laughs> I, I kind of started uh, being an attention hog from a young age, but then uh, quickly at the age of like nine started singing in my basement constantly. And it was always my first love was to belt out either Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You, or Christina Aguilera, Come On Over. Or I Turn To You. Honestly, both my queens of, honestly, just growing up, that, those were the two girls that I listened to. And so, yeah, I think you kind of nailed it on the head when you say my first love was singing. It was the, the one pure form of escapism that I had, especially growing up. Well, it's interesting you mentioned Whitney because um, you kind of parallel mm-hmm. her in a lot of ways. I mean, it's like, she was a, the song Don't you dare. Everyone's listening is going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she was the offspring of a, of a singer. She, too, you know, grew up practicing her stuff in the basement, belting it out. And your voice is certainly, yeah. you know, strong and um, nuanced. And so, yeah, uh, God bless. Hope you, although, hope you do halfway Whitney. Don't follow her all the way to the, the tragic conclusion. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, she was um, very lucky, though. Did... She had Dionne Warwick as a mount. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, I don't have Dionne Warwick as a family member. What a shame to me. Well, your dad is, is um, pretty cool, too, though. I, I love, um, I, I saw the uh, yeah, song he right. did for his dad. And, um, Oh, that, crap. that was super yeah, that made me cry. Yeah, no that kidding. Song was so sad. I was yeah. on tour actually when my dad released that. I was doing a tour show called Cruising Classics, and it was like a '50s '60s review show. Um, we were uh, in a place called Grand Bend in Ontario. It's like this little beach town, and my dad released a music video for that song, and it was oh my god, it tore me to pieces because I was on tour with literally all of his bandmates from like the '80s. And they were, they all knew uh, the producer who put on the show, Rob. And it was just like this big, it was just a real, almost like full circle moment that I was now partying and singing with the guys that my dad was partying and singing and playing music with like 20 years earlier. So that was really cool. And then it was just like a very full circle, especially seeing my grandfather in that video, my dad holding up a picture of him. It was, it was extremely touching. No, and I've never necessarily seen that vulnerability of my dad before. So it was nice. That that was is so awesome. That's so awesome that you're you're doing that. What what is it like? What musically have you interacted with your dad? Has he had any interaction with your own music, or you just kind of off doing oh, your Well, thing? it's funny you say. Um, yeah. So uh, there was the, the biggest like not rift or anything, but I guess the biggest thing within my family and by my family, both my sister and I and my father are all musical artists. So we all make music for a living, or I at least I do theater shows and contacts and stuff like that as well. So it, my dad has done a lot of work with my sister. Uh, they've released a bunch of singles recently. And when I was growing up, it was always, is he going to be country? Is he going to be pop? He riffs all the time. Is that allowed? Oh, blah, 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 blah. Well, maybe he'll be like uh, Rascal Flatts. And then it was like, maybe he'll be kind of Hunter Hayes. And I was like, I want to be Christina Aguilera. 
I want to dance. Get me out of hockey. And so that was kind of the road I ended up taking and eventually found my sound, which is great, which ended up being a pop singer-songwriter kind of situation. You can definitely hear the influences of country, but um, I will say I try to dive as far away as possible from it just because of my upbringing. However, I will tease that there might be some sort of project in the works with my father right now that might be out in a year or so time. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of caught Ooh, that hint, and that's, that's super, super <laughs> exciting. Although I have yeah, to I'm say you kind of conjured up this image of a family sitcom where instead of the rebellious teen, you know, going off and, you know, smoking cigarettes is like, Oh my God! Our rebellious team is off doing pop music. So anyway, yeah, she was kind of both. <laughs> like it was, it was, we were the rebellious teens that we were going through a divorce, and it was really hard for us. So I was like nine years old, switched back, black hair, girl skinny jeans, black fingernails. Like I went the full nine yards because my sisters. Since we moved, my I was friends with my sister's friends. It sounds so sad talking about it now, but my I yeah I. uh I definitely was very moody as a child and through music definitely found my way. I would say, Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, there's I, some I, good I, photos that are circulated if you search my name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, well, you have, you have got a lot of good photos. Although I, I have to say, I was kind of tracking your hair color in um, a lot of the different photos yeah. and, and videos. The, the, the um, the one video for um, All Fall Down, I'm kind of watching and going, okay, who, who's the blonde guy? I was like, oh, oh, my God. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I really liked being blonde. I loved being blonde. When I was blonde, I got the most compliments on my hair. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, you should, you're, like, you're like, you were born a blonde. Like, this is you. This is so you. And it was... <laughs> It felt really good, and I thought I looked great as a blonde, and I really loved being platinum, but it, it, oh, my God, my head. I still don't have, like, it's, my hair still doesn't feel the same from dyeing it for over a year. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. Don't do it yourself, folks. No, anyone listening. No. Go to your friends. No, absolutely Go to someone not. Yeah, actually, um, but, um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm co-owner of a, yeah. of a salon here in California, and um, I don't do hair. But um, my business partner does, and I, what you just said mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Do not attempt this at home. I mean, even um, no, oh, you can do so much damage. Oh yeah, oh, I broke my scalp just, and then started brushing out hair right after the break. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, it's, um, but Billy, I like yeah. to just lockdown um, <laughs> effect all on so hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but she she was literally because they pro- they did a process with it. She wore a wig for two two months while her hair was oh rocked to its current blonde state. So anyway, <sighs> we, we just I wish I could we wear just, wigs. <laughs> we've just done our part for uh, the hair industry there. So I want to um, go back to your performing. You did a review called uh, yeah. Review Diva Dynasty. Um, what was that like? Oh, and what yeah. was your what was your your uh, Creative outlet doing that. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Funny you should ask. Uh, So this show uh, was a co-production between me and my friend Amy Lee. 
And it was while we were in the performing arts preparation program at Sheridan College, I ended up going there again for the full four-year uh, Bachelor of Musical Theater Performance program, got a degree in musical theater performance. Hey! Um, but while I was in the general year, it was the final culminative project. There was like six different groups, and you got to pick if you wanted to a review, a straight play, a musical, uh, a collective, Oh, what did they call it? A co- collective collaboration. And then um, a sketch comedy piece. And so I was naturally like, okay, well, guys, like I'm doing a diva pop review. Like, let's get real. Like, I want it to be the divas of our time. Because I only listen to f- females, honestly. If I'm going to be honest, like I listen to Sam Smith a little bit. I love Macklemore. I like um, Shawn Mendes. Like, I'm like really basic when it comes to my guy artists. But right. I just love a female voice. High belting for me just does it. So I wanted to create a diva review. So uh, I ended up choreographing, I think there were 12 numbers. Uh, I was this, I made myself the star of the show, so I gave myself the 11 o'clock number. I sang I Was Here by Beyonce and did a whole slideshow of the whole entire year, made everyone cry because that's what I want to do. I want to be, you know what I mean? Like, if you're going to go big, go big, go home. And then right. um, it was just like, yeah, we, we choreographed a 12-number musical that we had to interweave a storyline through that got recorded and it was a 45 minute to an hour musical or review show that focused on the divas of the 90s and early 2000s. So it was Whitney Houston, Christina Aguilera, J-Lo, um, Britney Spears, excuse me, Shania Twain. And then, oh, of course we did Lady Marmalade to close the show. Uh, and I did. Uh, I got in drag in a five-minute drag. I should say, very. It was not. It wasn't pretty. Um, but I got my six-inch pumps on, cute little blonde wig, and fulfilled my burlesque Christina Aguilera fantasy and belted out the final in her key. And for sure, gave myself a little bit of illusion that day. But uh, the Diva Dynasty review was awesome. It was super fun to be able to create a project like that, and hopefully one day I get to expand and elaborate and really flesh it out and make it become a true show. I think that'd be I think that'd be fabulous. And um, in one of your videos, um, in the background right behind you is a picture of Donna Summer, which is she's like one of my two diva fans. Although I love all the ones that you talked mm-hmm. about and the other ones you you have on your website of um, Lady Gaga and um, you know they're all mm-hmm. you know stellar stellar. Um, Icon. I could definitely yeah. see you getting into drag though. That that would be. Oh, honey, Mama saying. boots the house down. Yes, Mama works for your nerves. Yes, God. You think I can get drag? <laughs> um, okay, so me and my mom are like religious drag race. Oh, oh my gosh, religious drag race fans. We watch every episode. Oh we watched every episode. Sometimes a few times. Um, I've been in drag a few times, and I dabbled in makeup uh, a few years back. And I love putting on makeup. I like doing that little, uh, what is it called, e-girl, like, burnt, sunburn look with freckles. I'm like, oh. um, <laughs> but uh, I, I got into drag for the first, first time in my fourth year of college, and I thought I was gorgeous. I had, like, a little Liza fantasy, and I had this very pink, like, light, beautiful lipstick. And I, I think it was my partner at the time said, uh, I might not be a pretty drag queen because uh, I have a very angular face. And I was like, well, some of the prettiest, boys are the prettiest girls so bring it on yeah and then i was a prettier drag queen than him that night so i felt pretty uh fulfilled but it, it's not, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> i i 
you have the soul of it, and you know, obviously, I've not seen you in drag, so I, I can't give you any input on that. But um, you know, it's I could definitely see a drag queen doing lip lip syncing to one of your songs. So um, oh, that's the dream. Yeah. Well, if you yeah, look at my outfit, but, uh, it's basically drag, right? My monochromatic, like full looks. I wear heels sometimes. I kind of like to gender bend, and I, I find myself more gender fluid than ever nowadays. So it's just. It's it's fun. Uh, I love what RuPaul says when it's like you're born naked and the rest is drag. It's very true. It depends on right. how you're feeling that day. Right now I'm living my sweatpant fantasy, but if I wanted to, I could open my closet and pick out of 17 different colored trench coats and make a freaking outfit out of it and go, yeah, funny work, put on platform shoes. So it just depends on how you feel that day. And if you really want to dress up and it makes you feel good, then do it. Drag is fun. And it's not just about portraying from one gender to another. It's about becoming a drag queen or king. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, and just like, yeah. I mean, you mentioned drag race, like on the current season, um, um, uh, uh, got Mick um, is a transgender oh man who is, who is a drag queen who does drag. And yeah, she yeah, talked about and his, his, his drag is just what you described. It's, 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 um, you know, it's artistic. It's not like, this mm-hmm. this one gender specific portrayal, it's super exciting. Yeah, Gottmik's look is very androgynous, which I appreciate. And she, she he loves to like when she is Gottmik. It's interesting to talk when uh, when he is out of drag. It's interesting when right. he talks about how there's no trans men who are effeminate. And it was very interesting to me because I've never even thought about that before. And to be someone as iconic as them now shifting not only an art form, but like people's minds and views and perspectives on the subject. Because even RuPaul, I know that there's been a lot of controversy controversy around the show in uh, regards to allowing transgenders uh, and uh, just erasers not on the show and there's a lot of flack that they get and then they're really kind of soliciting towards one and not the other um but i find that i just i think that this is one of the most exciting seasons yet it's interesting to to see i've totally lost my point of where i was going i was about no, to no, sound grand wizard I, 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 like, I got you yeah yeah <laughs> no it's it's i mean but, uh, I, I i got your just, point in awesome. terms of 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 these the portrayal or not portrayals, the introduction of these personalities. Um, and oftentimes it is in, in the umbrella in the, of um, uh, drag race is, I mean, cause we've had mm-hmm. drag queens that have come out as transgender. They've come out as gender fluid. Um, and now we have the first yeah. uh, transgender man. And to your point, he is bringing a new, color to it in that that um because you're right i mean and he's right um we've had um, quite a few of our favorite guests have been on the show and they are um very much um featuring the masculine i mean they're they are transgender men who um are not only passing their their astounding people at their masculinity um and it's it is there is a spectrum there that I think we do have to honor that 
people don't have to be mm-hmm. that. You know, in order to be transgender, you don't have to be the ultimate of the um, the gender you identify with. You know, you, you know, no, there is such a, a spectrum nowadays. There is no polar opposites anymore, and so it's a lot a lot more freeing for people. And I remembered what I was going to say uh, when you uh, finalized your statements about Gomic. Uh, basically, I was trying to say that even with this new season, if you notice when RuPaul says. Uh, Everyone, start your engines and may the best, or she says, racers, start your engines and may the best drag queen win in versus all the other seasons where it's gentlemen, start your engines and may the best woman win. So it's now right. interesting to now even see the small little details becoming in, uh, becoming uh, uh, amplified and the microaggressions are slowly being ironed out of a show that is supposed to be full of love and inclusivity. So it's really awesome to see and, and yeah, it, it's terribly, it's super exciting because I think, and this is one thing that I hope our culture does, is allows for evolvement. Because in a way, mm-hmm. we've had a little bit less of that where the culture has been very, almost retro demanding. In other words, it's like, you know, it's like, okay, we as a culture have realized that this is reality and this is the right treatment of other people. Now we're going to look back and make sure everybody was already doing that, which they weren't, because they didn't know. And I think we need yeah. to give room for awareness and growth and, you know, not to, to have people repeat bad behavior in the past, but allow them to go, oh, okay, now I've found a better way um, to do it. Um, Joshua, I want to shift gears, though, because <laughs> I don't want to forget your music. Um, which is, is okay. fantastic. Um, the um, it, you know you were talking about drag, and I love in the video of um, Closer, uh, you guys standing out in the water with your colored frocks. I mean, they're they're kind of androgynous in themselves, but just yeah. that that I visual call it the gaming was... <laughs> perfect. That was perfect. Yeah, the gay matrix. So, um, what? Yeah. Most of your your songs seem to be um, very rooted in love relationship. Um, where is that? Where yeah. is that coming from? And what what is that um, reflective? Of? I have a lot of daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's well, okay. Like, well, <laughs> as any gay man would say. Um, no, I think. Uh, I, I, well, actually, yeah, I guess a little bit because my dad was gone a lot. He's touring all the time as a kid to pay for all bills, so I'm not mad at him for that. But um, I guess I, I'm like a huge, I'm a huge monogamous, like a serial dater, as someone would put it. I've all only really been in relationships. I, I haven't really like been single for a long time. I think the longest time I was single was for like a year, and in that time I was like on contract and not. You know what I mean? I wasn't really focusing on love at the time, which is honestly so great. And I felt so confident. And then all of a sudden you fall in love and you feel like everything's shattering around you and you're like, what are these feelings? So sad in me. So I think that a lot of my inspiration comes from my current relationship in that moment of time and also the current relationship that I have with the love that I have for myself as well as like the people around me. Um, so if I'm in a really sad state, if I'm going to be honest, if I'm depressed, like I'm not going to write anything. I might have like a cute little song idea that I go, oh, I like that. I have no motivation though. And then two days from then, go downstairs in my studio basement 
and make a film. And so it just kind of, I guess, I guess, yeah, answer the question. <laughs> no, no, it's, no, it's really good. That's no, actually, you answered it that's super well. Yeah. What, the, the one song that you released um, in the last year or so, um, All Fall Down, um, is, mm-hmm. I look at that as almost like an anthem for the people pleaser in a relationship. I mean, it was like, it, 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 that was, and that that song, quite frankly, spoke deeply to me. Um, you know, it's like where you're in a relationship with somebody, especially a strong personality, and that they look right through you, and they don't see you. You're just in place in their in the relationship, but not. You don't feel like they even really know you. Um, what yeah. What was your inspiration? Well, thank for that? you. Literally that. <laughs> you nailed it on the head. Um, so, uh, in my relationship in college, I had a I had a partner who uh, we're 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 good friends today. He's a very nice man, and he actually is going to uh, he just he just passed uh, his LSAT, I think. He's going to become a, a lawyer, um, and uh, we we were loving and in this beautiful relationship that ended up becoming very toxic because I was kind of a stoner and he hated it, but he he used to be a stoner and he wanted to quit. Then I was going to quit. And then we both started smoking, but then we wanted to quit smoking. And there's just like a lot of like random little things. We were both in school for theater and they're just sitting there to tear you down most days so that they can rebuild you back up and be the best you can be. And all that, you know, all the propaganda they sell you to emotionally abuse you until you cry on cue. Um, but it was, uh, also if anyone from the I'm watching, I appreciate every, <laughs> every ounce you've ever taught me. Don't worry. I'm not, I'm not. Sorry. <laughs> um, but, but uh, they do that. I know that I've, I've been there and it's part of theater. Yeah. School. It's not necessarily a detriment, but it got me in more in tune with my emotions and who I actually am. So it was a benefit for me, but I digress. The point of the story is I ended up being in a relationship with this man who, for a two full two years, and it was on and off, and there was a lot of lies. There was cheating. There was just like, it was just like a toxic relationship, and there were so many times where I just wanted to say what I wanted to say or be truthful with him, but it didn't work that way, and I would either spew lies to make him feel better or, like, for example, it's like I wanted to get high that night or something, so I would go smoke and then – I would go to hang out and they would say, oh, well, are you, are you, are you stoned right now? And I'd be like, no, like you said you don't like it when I'm stoned. But then they'd be like, well, I know you're stoned. And it was just, it was just like little things. We just bickering. It's stupid. But it ended up becoming this relationship that we hid so much from each other that it was almost like we had two different personalities. One where we were friends with everyone and in our friend group. One when we were behind closed doors. And then the opposite side where all of our indifferences were swept under the rug. So it, it, it felt like we were dating different people. So I guess I ended up personifying it into a song once we broke up for the second last time, I think, for the last time. Well, yeah, well it, it made, made a for a beautiful song and a really, really beautiful video. I mean, really bittersweet, but, you know, but it, it was it was beautiful. And, and you were in your full blonde glory. Yeah, I got so lucky with that video. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I was oh, very lucky with that video. My... I, my my current partner actually is the one who plays my my ex <laughs> in that video, which is funny. Um, yeah, good times, good times. 
<laughs> That's uh, interesting because Sagi for helping me with that project. He's the director on that. He was giving a huge yeah. solid and wanted to try out a few effects, so it's beautiful. So your current partner played the part in that video, but you're actually singing to him in the current video where it's kind of implied yeah. that you're in a relationship with a girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I actually discovered I'm pansexual. <laughs> so, uh, during the pandemic, so I wanted uh, a lot of my songs, uh, especially ones in the near future, are going to be a little bit more ambiguous just because I'm questioning a lot of things now, too. So it's just like, why not? Uh, and that's awesome. my art is a reflection of what I'm, how I'm feeling in that time. So that was really cool. But also, that was my best, like my bestest friend, Fabia. She's been my solid best friend for over nine years now. And, uh, I don't get to see her often because she lives in Toronto. So since we, and I live in Kitchener, which is like an hour and a half away from each other. So since I had to move out of Toronto, I haven't seen her at all. And I wanted to make her in the video. I wanted to, and cause you know, you, you know, also it's like, if no one knows, then, you know, you can play to everyone. And it's nice to, right. I don't know. I don't know how to say it without sounding gross about it. It's just like, you well, wanna, no, I, I don't, I don't want to shut down anyone's hopes or dreams of ever being with me, I, but I'm not going to say, hey, I want to be with you all, but, like, I love every – I just love love, if that makes sense. Right, so right. I, well, plus, it, 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 it's good for the video, yeah. I, I mean, it makes it, 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 makes it accessible because it's like the, the video on a couple of levels. One, um, you didn't – even though it is apropos and directed at the pandemic, that you can watch the video mm-hmm. – um, I'll wait for you, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about that. It doesn't necessarily have to be about a same-sex relationship. Yeah. So it's like it'll. It Thank will, you it, for having the word. Link. Yeah, yeah. No, I that, that's be, Yeah, I wanted it to have the universal message of waiting for the ones that you love, not necessarily just your partner. Because although the words reflect my partner, I wanted it to be also. I wrote it about my friends. Like I wrote it about the people that are my chosen family. So. I hope right. it. Yeah, so I, I want to play the, the, the song for our audience. Um, yeah. uh, why don't you set it up a little bit um, before I, I place the play button here? What, what, what else do you want them to know about this as they're listening to it? Um, well, I – okay, so I originally wrote this song about four months into quarantine, and it took me, like, what, like two hours or less to write the whole song, and then – Showed it to my dad. Uh, he gave me some, the pre-chorus, and um, I ended up with this beautiful song about how I am in a long-distance relationship, and the only way to see each other was by plane. And since the borders are closed, that was not an option. So FaceTime and yearning love songs it is. <laughs> um, if you're listening, babe, this one's for you. There you go. And, and so get this. Yeah, <laughs> with with the the techno techno gods on our side, folks. This is "I'll Wait for You" by Joshua Sage. Reminds me of 
I want all these feelings to carry us through Cause every time we would walk down the street I miss how the people would stare Because we were laughing too loud or holding hands Jumping and skipping Even dancing, hugging and kissing And showing off love that I missed it And this is the shit got me thinking about you and me Thinking about us and who we gonna be Thinking about all the times I wish I said that I loved you Cause now I don't know when I'll get to come hold you But I Actually, 
One is called Don't Call Me Crazy, which is about my relationship with the word crazy because every once in a while you feel crazy, but when someone says, hey, you're acting a little crazy, you know, it's, it's too much. So um, right. that will be coming out soon. Um, I also have a song discussing, like I said before, my pansexuality, which I think is kind of uh, a page turner, <laughs> if you will, in my repertoire. So uh, we're planning a huge release around that. So I, that's all in the works in CDD and other than that, um, there allegedly or may or may not be a Christmas EP in the works to be released this coming Christmas. We, uh, produced with my best friend Mike Tampa, who's a part of Silverstein, this really cool alt-rock group, and uh, Craig McConnell, who works with uh, Warner Music. He actually just cut a track on Spleen Beyond's last album, and I didn't find that out until after. So that was freaking cool. Humblest, like, very humble dude, very... Super talented. So, um, sorry, Craig, for spoiling everyone's uh, excitement about that, but it's okay. It's okay. I, Other than that, I, I yeah, just like random, random stuff and hoping Peter opens up again. <laughs> I, need, I, I am so, I'm so super excited about the Christmas album. I'm, I'm excited about all your stuff, but that one, just uh, hearing your, your, your ballads and your, your anthems um, lending to Christmas no, music. No, no, um, no. That that is so awesome. That's very very cool. Um, we love ooh, a good power ballad. I know. And speaking of which, okay, of of the divas you mentioned, whose power ballad would you like to cover, and why? Well, I already have uh, Christina Aguilera. Like Christina Aguilera is is and will always be my number one. She was the one who I was I was five years old choreographing to Ven Conmigo, which is uh, Come On Over in Spanish. I had the double disc edition, and I learned all the words phonetically. I had no clue what they meant, but I I was obsessed with her. I would choreograph and sing along to her all day, every day. My number one song, if I... Um, so I have a cover on YouTube that's called Bound to You, if you want to go, if anyone's listening wants to search it. I also have a cover of Beautiful which her CNN Heroes live performance, like, it's literally, I copied that performance, no for no, basically. It's just so good. Uh, so either Beautiful or Come On Oh, oh no, it's Power Ballad. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I would say Beautiful or The Voice Within. Final answer. Okay. Very fun. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to lock yeah. that in. <laughs> Sorry. That was, that was very difficult. <laughs> it's like you, you may not change it ever in the rest of your life. So there you go. Because <laughs> we're permanent. We're part of your permanent record. Um, Brody, did you have any questions? Sitting there quietly. I, I, I am one of these creatures of uh, the political persuasion. And quite frankly, <laughs> it's kind of fun to listen to the two of you who are obviously in sync uh, with the person who has a cultural handicap, which would be yours truly. So, no, actually, I don't. I'm just kind of enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, as Rob will tell you, it's also sadly true. Uh, you know, it's more than once my lack of certain knowledge of culture and music and things well, for me personally, at least it's a tad bit embarrassing, but I mean, it's just the way it is. Um, but I did want to say this. Um, 
I, I did listen to the song. I, I found it really super cool. Um, I've actually added it to my own personal uh, playlist of things that I like. Hey. Um, and I, I think that the other thing, too, is that uh, you seem to have an ability to write in an intergenerational way. And these days, that is pretty difficult to do, uh, especially when you look at the younger crowd uh, who live, you know, in the echo chamber of TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram. And I think that some of your music has the ability really to reach those younger people. And I, I applaud you for that. And with that, I will very quietly mute my microphone and crawl back into the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Brody, but, you, uh, you definitely – you have yeah. – you have to hear Joshua's cover of Never Enough. I mean, it is kind of one of the songs that is intergenerational. I think anybody would be moved by that no matter what age they are. I mean, it's... it's, it's uh, God, stop, yeah. stop. You can find no, it serious. on my YouTube channel. There you go. No, it's... Joshua, what do you what do you see the difference between being a Canadian artist versus, you know, crossing the line over here and coming to the states? Um, you know, is that is that a goal, or do you want to stay Canadian, or Canadian market? I don't know. Is point. When Trump was in presidency, I was like, yeah, I'm good here. Yeah, yeah I'm good okay. here. But it's it's hard because there you, you hit a wall at some point in Canada. Like, there's not there's necessarily the the, the oh my gosh words. There's not necessarily the star system that is set up in the entertainment uh, industry that in Canada, like there is in the States. You guys have 10 times the amount of people we do uh, in smaller um, and it's a little bit smaller amount of land or something like that. And I just, I would love to go there or like to the UK. I've even thought about moving to Australia because Melbourne would be awesome to visit. But uh, I, the only reason I would come I think would either be to marry for love oh, oh, so cute. or uh, to marry for that green card. Yes. So that I could audition for like American Idol and the voice and X Factor. <laughs> I've always wanted to right. be on a reality competition show and it sucks that Canada has like one season of it every time and then it gets canceled. And so it's just, it's kind of annoying to like wait for enough money to come around and then Canadian production to start again. And so I think in that regard, I would love to move to the States because there's a lot more opportunity happening but all my family and free healthcare. So I have, I have, I have a few good things to weigh in on this side here in Canada. But I guess right now I'm just kind of playing it by ear, and we'll see what happens. Well, in defense of yeah, Canadians, I, we have given the Americans Sean Mendes, we have given them Michael Bublé, and fortunately yeah. we got rid of Justin Bieber, and we gave them to the Americans too. So that kind of took care of them. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Justin, if you're listening, I'm joking. Uh, yeah. Kidding. Well, you, um, hello, also Ann Murray and Shania Twain, please. Yeah. So, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> a girl from Timmins, Ontario. Like, can you believe that? Uh, no, not but really. if it can happen to Timmins, it can happen to Kitchener. That's, That's right. true. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to plug myself how many no, times. You know. yeah. But, Joshua, I see, you, I see you in such a crossover mode in terms of your performance talent. I absolutely could see you on Broadway. I see you right center stage on Broadway. Obviously, we have to open mm-hmm. it up. But, um, oh, God, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you can, uh, you can bring actually, the house um, down. I, uh, that's so funny. That's so funny. I went, to, so I went to school for musical theater, so naturally. While I was in school for musical theater, I was always told my voice was too pop, and then as soon as I went to do pop, I was told I was too musical theater. So it's always been this, like, back and forth for me, but I love this so much. I love to act, and I like feeling emotions, and to be able to almost channel any sort of rage, anger, anxiety, self-doubt, uh, sadness into uh, a performance is something that is a gift, and I miss doing that. So I would absolutely love to be on Broadway one day. And I I don't have, like, a connect. I don't like a connect. You know what I mean? You mean, like, yeah. But, like, uh, it's funny you say that because before the pandemic, I was going to kind of do a private audition for this producer. And it was supposed to, like, it was supposed to direct me in that direction to Broadway. Right. So we'll see in the future. I would love, I would love that. I would love that. If you're, I, you know I who you are. Can't see why. If you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's set it up again. The door is still open. Well, they, all those doors should be. I mean, everything just kind of went on hold. So, you know, it's like we're going to yeah. pretend that was the year that didn't exist and and move on. But um, yeah, no, well, you you're as long as you take all the good life lessons from it with the. All the, all of the, all the, all the wokeness that 2020 brought us, because I think we're finally actually looking at issues and really addressing them versus just going, oh, that's really sad. We're finally talking about actually, like dismantling the patriarchy and talking about racism and really bringing down barriers that we never have before. And like you said earlier, and like sometimes we're culturally disadvantaged because it's how we were raised or whatever, whatever. But that's not necessarily an excuse but it's an opportunity to learn more. So even if you get it wrong this time, you apologize, you learn, you grow, you move on, and that's how we should be. So, yeah, stuff, no, absolutely. That is exactly it. Cool. it. I mean, and <laughs> you, you just mentioned several things that we were at home incubating on uh, during this past year mm-hmm. that have been important. Um, you know, it's, it's, and so hopefully when we get out of this, we will see growth. <laughs> uh, we're down who are literally the last three minutes. Uh, what haven't I asked that uh, we should be talking about? Oh, well, my favorite color, my favorite number, <laughs> um, which is orange <laughs> and five, by the way. Um, my <laughs> PayPal address is, uh, you can Venmo <laughs> you me at, uh, no, I wish we had Venmo here. That'd be so nice. Um, I, I don't know. I, I could always, I, I think I could always ask you a Barbara Walters question and say, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be? Oh, damn. I don't know enough about trees. I would say like palm or like coniferous. <laughs> yeah. That, that was a question she asked Catherine Hepburn and she, she I never lived that down. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. You are phenomenal. Your talent is incredible your um your music is is the kind that you don't want to stop listening to over and over and over again so everybody listening definitely check out the youtube channels check out the spotify um get the downloads uh they're they're just great songs and uh again they're they're super accessible um pretty much whatever your taste you are very likely to love Joshua Say James. And um, oh, thank you Joshua, so much, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for, for being with us. 
Um, Brody, I want to thank you for everything you do, um, your journalism talent, your getting news to the world, um, and um, your important voice. And I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. We appreciate you uh, very, very much. Um, Please do tell your friends, family, and everybody else, um, everybody you possibly meet, to subscribe to our podcast. Um, Next week, we have an incredible, fantastic, wonderful, jaw-dropping, astounding show, and I have no idea what it's going to be. But I can guarantee you, like today's show, (laughs) it will be all of those things, I promise. So for me and everybody else, you have been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. Uh, Josh, it'll, yeah, it'll, I was going to say it'll <laughs> hang up on me. <laughs>